0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit
1: www.podcastdetroit.com
0: for more information.
1: 1935, the Lions win the NFL championship. The Detroit Tigers take the World Series. The Red Wings bring home Lord Stanley's Cup. Joe Lewis begins his rise to world domination. This transforms the Motor City into Detroit City of Champions. Detroit Detroit City of Champions, the podcast. I'm Jamie Flanagan. Charles Avison, And we are just been talking about the Tigers, just a a whole ton uh, about the Tigers. It was an amazing run uh, in 34. And then we talked about the characters that brought that to life and then even a more amazing run in 35. Exactly. Spoiler alert. Yep, spoiler (laughs) alert. 35 they did, yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so at 35 they were able to get the job done because mickey called it yeah so today we were just kind of rounding out we're gonna bat a little cleanup yeah um and talk about things that we might have missed or skipped and then some other interesting things that you found in in your journey your seven-year journey of writing detroit well the journey continues
2: the journey continues really because um like uh so i I brought in a little visual aid today
1: right So, but before we do that, yeah, we just yeah. want to remind people to uh, and thank people. This is like people following us and liking us and listening yeah. to us, which is like super, super exciting. Uh, on Twitter, right? Yeah, somebody followed me. Ify the Dopester, I know. I saw that. I actually saw that. That's like the coolest. thing. I took a screenshot. You're the of biggest it. Ify the
2: Dopester fan in the world, man. And then there's like actually an Ify on the, on, on so, Twitter. That's yeah. Like so so cool. somebody
1: is using the the, the moniker yeah. ify, ify the Dopester, and he is uh, he posts like really cool old. I was looking through his feed. It's cool. tiger stuff. Yeah. 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 And and so it's, it's kind of neat to, to to watch that. And
2: yeah, like I said, I grew up as a, yeah. you, know, as a you know reading the newspapers early on, and and uh, there was I swear there was. A Iffy the dumpster that was writing for is either the free press or the news.
1: And you so, sent me... Uh, so, I oh, no. thought,
2: so for me, I thought that you know, whoever was—I didn't even know what iffy the dopester meant or anything. Yeah, yeah. And I grew up as just like I was like a fan of that article, you know, that of that section.
1: <laughs> and then it was
2: only really once I got into the 1935 stuff that I realized that like the original iffy was you know from the 30s, 20s, and 30s. Right.
1: So, if but if he followed us, and so we just want to thank everybody who's listening yeah. and people who are following. Welcome, iffy. Uh, like, <laughs> <super appropriate, laughs> thanks for following yeah. me. Uh, but like, subscribe, leave a comment because it, it helps us out. We truly uh, appreciate people yeah. uh, taking the time and spending time with us so thank you so ever so much for, yeah i'm
2: curious to see what you know if he ever you know if he listened to the show or, i invited him to join us and he you, hasn't responded well yet. i'm curious to know where you know like how he you know got into that name or yeah. you know because you know where they because like i've kind of told my story which is you know growing up reading the articles but uh, i'm curious to see how maybe that maybe he or she whoever's you know writing under iffy um Got that handle from like I did, like you know, reading about it in the nineties, or, yeah. or if they're a history person and got into it, just you know, seeing the original. And there are a you know, couple of our, like original, so. uh, Tigers'
1: history uh, followed along and wished us well and said they were listening. Great. So appreciate them, Welcome. and so we yeah. appreciate everybody who's been. Uh, yeah, we always. In will,
2: and, I look forward to doing some guests. Like yeah. we can talk about, um, you know, just different elements of it. You know, yeah. the, this and other stuff. So I'm looking
1: forward. You know, I'm looking so forward to the future. Thanks stuff, to them, too. and uh, thanks to our sponsors. Yeah. Gotta love our sponsors, <laughs> and and then uh, so yeah. So today we were going to kind of bat a little cleanup and like talk about some things. Uh, you had come across. We you brought in. You sent me some pictures, and then you brought in. It's show and tell day. T- t- yeah, show t- and tell. Yeah. It's show and tell on uh, uh, on Detroit City of Champions. Uh, what did you bring in? Well, so it's 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 uh it's just really a perfect example of sort of the
2: the last ten years. you say like, oh yeah, I've been on this thing for seven years, but you know, the, this, it, it, it continues like every right. day, you know I mean? It's like, it's even though the books are out, you know, we're, you know, here we are doing this show and, um, you know, every once in a while I get my hands on something cool. And, mm-hmm. um, so it's a friend of mine. Uh, her name is Wendy Marsh. Okay. Uh, very good friends with her and her husband, David. And they, and just Wendy just asked me one day, she's like, Hey, I've got this old, you know, 1934 newspaper from my dad and his name is Roy cash. And so I was, it was like, I was like, what year was from you know was it from? She's like, nineteen thirty-four. I'm like, and what are you trying to do with it? She's like, Well, you know, <laughs> find fish? it find it a good home. No, like <laughs> find it a good home. Like, I'll i I'll take it, you know, that's that's great. So that's sight unseen. The... Sight unseen. Like I had no idea what the date was. Yeah. I had no idea um whether the any of the contents were sure. or anything like this. And so um, anyways, uh it's like, you know, it's it's you know, it's it's magnificent. It's just such a great um, like I, my, my thought was when I, when she was originally uh, giving mm-hmm. it to me was that it might be some kind of like a random day sure, and that it'd be like, kind of cool to just say like on this random day, like maybe the Tigers beat the Red Sox or, yeah. you know, kind of like, you know, maybe touch on, you know, whatever was, you know, specific to that random day. Cause you know, we talk about the big events, like maybe there's something kind of obscure or whatever, but, um, anyways, it's no, but it's really, it's a treasure because the newspaper, the date of the newspaper, I got it right here. Um, September 25th, 1934. And, like, the day before the, that you can see on the, the cover of this, um, uh-huh. I think you uploaded some pictures. I did. I Let's just see. pulled it up. Right on the very cover, Tigers win flag. Tigers win this flag. This is the day after the Tigers win their first pen. Oh, pennant. my God. Yeah, this Look is the pennant winning newspaper. And yeah. it's
1: got this great uh, character, the lot, little lion and lion. Bad yeah, tigers, boy tiger yeah. uh character uh, across the uh, with the headline there yeah the is it's got
2: some great illustrations with yeah. the tigers all dancing around it's FS, yeah fs nixon was just a legendary like it's he's real his his illustrations of the tiger um of tiger anything back then like mm-hmm. there he is right here on the next on the next section here. yeah that's fs nixon i've got him all through my book for the tigers i mean he's like he is like almost um like Whenever you read about anything, 1934 tigers, 1935 tigers, um, you see F.S. Nixon like tiger illustrations all right. over it. So he's almost like his illustrations, like these quirky tigers, um, are really synonymous with the 1934 and 35 tigers. Yeah. So it's a really good example of all that on there. And, um, yeah, well, the, you know, the story she said was that, that she gave me was that um, her dad, Roy, was born in 1934. Mm-hmm. So, he, so he didn't collect this himself. Oh, his, okay. His, his dad, her, uh, Wendy's grandfather, Floyd—
1: um, got well, the newspaper. This is
2: an interesting one from yeah. this year. We'll hang yeah. on
1: to it for June. Yeah,
2: well, it's an interesting one because it, obviously it shows what it, you know, that it, it was an important day. Is, is that
1: his birthday, September
2: 25? I, uh, you know, you just got, I don't know. Okay. I should, I, I but answered. it was like
1: from his birth yeah. year. I think when they, he's they watching this
2: show, if she's watching, maybe <laughs> let us yeah. know if that's throw the it, case. Yeah, throw it up in the comments um, if you're watching. When yeah, it, yeah, but, uh, any, anyway, I, don't, I don't know about that, but, um, at the but same it, time, 34th. it's significant. Oh, you know? yeah. And so, um, so just think about the lineage of this for a second now, James. You right. Think about this. So you've got the, so you got, you know, um, uh, a, a father passing on to his son, who then in turn passed it on to his, to his daughter. You know, this newspaper, what, it, what is it? It's over 80, what is it? 84 years old? I mean, yeah. It's almost yep. 84 years old of the day. Um, anyways. You know, it's look about how many years have passed through time for this newspaper, and here it is on this show. You know, it's just 86 such a cool six years. eighty-six. Thank you. Yeah, the math is
1: coming up on eighty-six. Yep.
2: Okay. Cool. Yeah, and it's really, and it's almost to the month. You know, yeah, it's not, you know, the twenty-fifth of September. So I just was, I just just great. I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool to bring in. There's some really interesting stuff in here, and, mm-hmm. um, and uh yeah, and it's actually in really good shape. I mean, it's surprising because it was folded, and that's like we talked about on an early show. You know anybody that's got any newspapers that they're trying to preserve? The you know the number one rule: do not fold. You know if you find them, you know they're going to be folded because I mean look at this, look at the difference in in size. Sure, sure. I mean it's a one foot by Un- six inch panel. That unfold you can store. Them. Exactly. It's a little tougher to um you know it takes up more space to unfold them.
1: But they will last but, longer. Yeah, because the acid
2: seeks to gravitate towards the folds, and right. then you can see the brown dark yep. lines that form at the on the on the lines. And so it seeks to find the edges, and then once they once the the, the acid from both directions meet, yeah, then the then, a, then a, that's when the middle gets eaten away, the middle gets eaten away, yeah, and then the newspaper just starts to fall apart. So I, I love, those. but this one's in good shape. This yeah. one's in good shape, considering that it was folded. Um, the second one does it has no acid lines on it, which is great. Yeah. Um, they're both from the same paper, but they're um different components of the sports. Oh, one, so. okay.
1: So yeah, that's yeah, great. It's the
2: cover. He, so he saved the cover, which has got a, a feature story on um immediately after they won they uh they won the pennant they um they had a, a, a they, they had a party and they actually say in here that it was supposed to be sort of an impromptu party yeah and it turned into just like a total rager like walter <laughs> Hagen was there walter Hagen was there and walter actually it. walter actually mentions on here it's a great little line walter Hagen actually says um how he came to find out about the about the pennant yeah so he says uh it says right here, it was it was to have been a quiet little affair arranged by Willem Chittenden and a few old-timers, but it but, uh, says, before evening, the word got around and a celebration worthy of a championship ensued. Plans were outlined for the big civic celebration for Saturday night, which will be climaxed by a banquet at the Statler Hotel. Washington Boulevard will be the scene of the public celebration when the Tigers will march headed by masked bands from the book Cadillac to the Hotel Statler. So they're talking about the, insu- you know, the, the real one. You know, this was yeah. like the impromptu one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Harry Bennett and, uh, it says Harry Bennett and Harvey Campbell took turns at, at, at presiding at the speaker's table. They're talking about the party here. Walter, Hagen, this is Walt right here. Walter Hagen told how Mickey Cochran became an American League champion on the golf course yesterday afternoon. He was on the 14th hole and in a sand trap, working as hard as though he were at Navin Field when the flash came that Boston had defeated New York. So, so he, so that when Boston beat, you know, they had won the previous day. And then uh, when Boston beat New York, they, they because the
1: season wasn't over, they still had seven, nine games to play.
2: Yeah. But Mickey actually says in this paper that it allowed them to basically coast the rest of the year. There's no stress on them. They could, you know, use, you know, they could rest some of their, you know, walking wounded, including himself, which was a little bit beat up at that moment. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So, so I just, I, yeah. So, that's great. And, um, you know, I, you know, I obviously thank Wendy and, um, you know, Wendy for the
1: gift. Cause yeah. It's, uh, it's cool. And it'll, it'll read it'll... the gladsome details yeah. in today's sports section. Yeah. The gladsome. <laughs> so it's like good news. Good news. You know?
2: Yeah. It is the first pennant the Tigers have won in 25 years. So, it was wow. something that, uh, you know, it was something that they really, um, you know, that they, they, uh, it was a big deal, of course. So
1: the paper was, uh, 26 pages. It says, on guard, Detroit Free Press, on guard for over a century, three cents. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, and things uh, like this surviving, right? So this is 1934. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, this it's, it's is the, the midst of the Depression. My house, uh, is old. I live in a really old house. It was built in 1831. Pre-Civil War. It's Damn. crazy. Yeah. The crossbeams in the basement are logs with bark on them. It's nuts. Um, Beautiful home, though. Yeah. Oh, Thank you, yeah. man. Yeah. And uh, so – but uh, there was an – so they built on a garage and then a, a dormer above that. And uh, you know, there's a bathroom there, too. And that was built on in 1932. And there's parts – in the basement, there's uh, like – they try to do like some insulation. Some of it is just crumpled up newspaper.
2: I was just gonna, I was gonna predict where you're gonna, where you're going with that. Jammed because, up in there, and
1: I pulled a couple yeah. out, and they were from the 30s. Yeah, they were from what, the 1930s. Yeah, that's
2: what I mean. Because there's, I've, I've met a lot of people just like on the road doing art shows, and they, and they, that story, what you're saying is like often repeated. that, that you know, that was a standard. That was a standard method you know, mode of you know insulation yeah. back then, and, you know, cheap and easy. Just so in the depression, I mean, you're not
1: burgers. you're not wasting stuff. You just no. spent three whole cents on that paper. Yeah. Either you're going to use it to line the birdcage, you're going to use it to wrap some fish, you're going to yeah. use it to insulate the house. Oh, mo-
2: many reasons, yeah, um, yeah. And then and, and, and another example.
1: Decoupage. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, Hank Greenberg had a great. There was a there was a, a line. I I don't know. It's in my I think it's in my book somewhere. But Hank Greenberg talked about how. Um, like they, like even the players were like super, you know, they, they were, you know, way, you know, they're not, the pair, the way they got paid back then is nothing like they get paid right, now. And right. Hank Greenberg at the, you know, at this time is, you know, he's an unknown. He's not, he's barely getting anything. He's just getting paid as like a regular guy. Um, and he was actually saying how, somebody would set the newspaper down in the lobby of the hotel yeah. and the the players would just scramble for it, and uh, it was just, that one newspaper would get passed around uh, to like the like you know half the team because yeah. they you know they like I mean a newspaper was um you know it was like a it's like almost like a luxury item and they're for people that are counting every penny yep um. Yeah. So I don't doubt the, the you know the stuffing of the you know for insulation at the yeah.
1: least. Yeah. So I mean we're lucky to have this and in such good shape. Oh, it's and uh, Maria, you said was the no Wendy. Wendy. Yep. Wendy. Wendy. Wendy, yep. Wendy. Wendy. Thank you for sharing that with with Charles and now him. Sharing it with all of us. That is, uh, that is so cool. So what else is notable, uh, in this paper? Uh,
2: there's a couple things. I was kind of, I was, I, I, you know, I went through it and read it, you know, I read on the cover. Um, you know, something that's a little, you know, just going through the, the day's news besides mm-hmm. the Detroit, you know, it says U.S. to decide on relief sums. You know, talking about the federal government trying to figure out how much you know relief, like, is in unemployment they want to put out. And sure. Where have we heard that before? It's yeah. like today in politics. Well, it's that's like, where it all starts. That's what I'm saying. Here it is. You know, fast forward, we say 86 years. Yeah. And, and here it is. You know, nothing's really changed. Same. <laughs> we same. Talk about how much money the you know U.S. federal wants to give to unemployment or whatever. We're in the same hole. Yeah. yeah so there's a lot. You know, just stuff like that. I thought was interesting. That you know the. Uh, Um, but the, you know, the story, the cool thing about this, this cover story is that they talk about, uh, it's got Cy Perkins in this article Mm -hmm. and Cy Perkins was, um, was the, uh, was Mickey's bench coach, but he was, but he was way more than that. Cy Perkins, when Mickey first came up to Philadelphia A's back in 1925 was his very first year, um, Cy Perkins, um. Was Cy Perkins was the starting catcher for the A's at that okay. moment, but he was going on. He'd he'd, he'd caught fifteen hundred games at that point. Wow! And so he was like starting to kind of give out, like his legs and knees and stuff. He was starting to get worn out pretty good. And he had his wife was sick. He was distracted and all this stuff. And so Connie Mack, who was like an totally iconic manager at that time, um, Connie Mack was looking for basically Cy Perkins replacement. And so he found it in the form of Mickey Cochran. When Mickey Cochran came up, that's what's so kind of beautiful about this article. Um, is that it, is that he taught, is that, um, Mickey was like, he talks about how Mickey was like, was a great hitter, but he was a terrible, like, he really was not a great defender. And so Cy Perkins really helped to, to coach him up and get him, um, you know, caught up to the major league level. And then after this 1925 season, Cy Perkins went to the Yankees. And and initially he was going to be a player, but didn't didn't really um, sort of work out like um, like he's you know he stayed with the A's, as like a backup for a while, whatever. But anyways, it it got to the point where in night this is the, fast forward to 1933 in Cy Perkins. That's when he went. That's when he went to the Yankees. That's what the article talks about. He went to the Yankees as a manager to be like a bench coach for Joe McCarthy for Joe McCarthy for right. New York. And so anyways, um, and so so when he gets over there, uh, um. Like, he's all – he's, like, ready to go. He's ready to do this thing. And then Mickey gets the job in Detroit as the as the player manager. And Mickey says, hey, Cy, come with me to Detroit. Oh. And so Cy's like, well, I can stay with the Yankees and pick up, like, a guaranteed World Series check because we're going – you know, the Yankees, we're going to the World Series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're going to get this extra bonus money
1: from the World Series. Mickey's like, let me tell you how I'm going to write it. Exactly. He's <laughs>
2: like, you're, you're going to get that bonus, but it's going to be with us. Oh, my you know God. I mean? And Cy's like – I didn't really b- believe him at that moment, but yeah. um, he's like, I just went with Mickey because I love the guy. Uh. And so he went with Mickey to Detroit and that's, and he got his bonus money in his very <laughs> first year. <Yeah. laughs> so that's, what's kinda, that's, that's why it's a great little story that oh. we talk about it, you know, and that. So it's a, that's, you know, some of that, a lot of that stuff, you know, the, the, the side, you know, partner with Mickey and the A's, I, I have that in the books, but yeah. um, some of the other little details there um, I did not have, which I thought was, you know, a great story. So, the, the, like I say, this is the, the first few pages of this newspaper are um, a lot. It's, like, it's right straight from the main section. That was the cover. That was the, the, actually the uh, cover sure. page. But <sighs> when you get in the sports section is when it starts to get uh, even, even cooler. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you put the picture up or anything. But you can see right at the very beginning in this page right here. Yeah. Yeah, I can read the headlines for those people that can't, can't see it. Mickey predicted flag after opening workout. Oh, there yeah. were many hours of despair along with triumphs before his prophecy was borne out. This is Charles P. Ward. So right – I mean, here it is right here in the newspaper talking about Mickey's uh, prophecy, talking about how the Tigers were going to win.
1: Because it's funny you mentioned that Mickey did make that prediction. Yeah. Uh, during the opening workout. Yeah. But none of these reporters—they all had it they in their didn't notes. It. Exactly. And they're like, "Yeah, yeah okay, next, yeah, sure and he thing, Mickey." Same
2: thing. He says it wasn't fit for print. Right. It wasn't fit for print. We could, we couldn't. And Mickey even, and he actually alludes to the idea that Mickey himself may not have wanted it necessarily for print. Um, because, you know, especially right off the bat, because maybe it might give other people bulletin board material to use against him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, cause he, he alludes to that idea in this, that Mickey, you know, Mickey himself is actually kind of saying, well, you know, we don't necessarily want to, you know, print all that, but, but he, but he's talking about it in here. Like you just know, he was behind the scenes. He was like behind the scenes. He's like, you know, this is, this is happening. Mm-hmm. You know, this is happening. So. Um. So yeah. So that's that's interesting. That uh, you know, Charles P. Ward. That's a like a third or fourth example of
1: that. What do you know about topic. Charles P. Ward? Right. He did he write a lot. Was he? Yeah. On oh the, yeah. Big time. Beat? Free Press.
2: Yeah. Big Free Press. writer. Okay. Actually, I have a picture of him in the second book. That so whole section on like the media of Detroit in 1930s. I actually have a photo of him in there too. Mm-hmm. Um. So he was a big. Now he's a big. He's one of the Free Press. Uh, um. I. I he's one. Definitely one of the writers. I think. I think Ify, which is Malcolm Bingay, was actually their sports editor. Yeah. Um, but in Charles P. Ward was one of their like top writers. Um, I believe that's how it was. I have to kind of double check, but that's. Uh, but he was one of their main sports guys. He was like their main tiger guy.
1: There were many hours of despair. Yep, <laughs> it's just exactly. the the language. The prophecy was born out. Yeah, but you can it's see it just right People there. Don't, people don't speak yeah. like that or write like yeah. that. And it's like, why don't people speak like that anymore? Because it's, people don't read yeah, and they're not writing like that. And it's, it's, yeah, it's a vicious circle of No, so yeah, it's, a, it's just a great
2: concept, especially since they, you know, right, there it is, like something we've already been talking about, how, um, you know, Mickey is like just determined to make this happen and, you know, right off the cover of this, they're, they're in the, and it's a great little article. I wish I had time to actually read it on air, but yeah. um, it's a great article because it's a, it's just a great summary of the entire 1934 season. um. It's a, it's just a really great, uh, they, you know. He goes through it. It's just a, it's a great summary. It's but it's unfortunately, I mean, it you can see how long it is. It's like, um, I mean, it's so. A oh
1: yeah, that's long. A, wow. Okay, well, I mean, but it's a big deal. I mean, yeah, it's, oh, uh, when was the last time? Yeah. This is 1934. They took the pennant. 25 when, years. So it's they been 25 it years. Too.
2: They said it's been 25 years. Yeah. This is 1909.
1: Okay. So the, I mean, they're pretty. The, the city's pretty darn excited. Uh, oh, they and, talk about and it. Right they're here.
2: gonna. Yeah, they talk about it. They say it right here. He actually says right here he talks about one of the moments of excitement um I was just reading this earlier he actually talks which is a great little mini synopsis of how page uh, big it was. two
1: of the sports section says yeah, bring says, on the
2: series he says um where's this section here? where is the uh he talks just he, he he talks about how uh insane the fans were when they, <laughs> when they came <laughs> home to Detroit I love it all oh, right my thing in order hold on a second I think it's all uh, right uh, let's see, he just talks about how there was like 70,000 fans, it right. was Like the biggest game. This one particular game was like the
1: biggest. Don't game. be afraid to just grab it and move it if you're moving. Oh, this mic, yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah, just grab it and um, keep it with you,
2: keep it with you, man. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. So, let me see. Uh,
1: um, here, I'm looking at the wrong section. Hold on. People don't want to hear me. People want to hear you. That's not true, James. Bad. No, that you're is star. absolutely. You're the star of the show. I'm just absolutely a true. Pick.
0: I so beg to differ. <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with Charles. <laughs>
2: no, I'm
1: just, yeah. Oh, here look, I'm looking at the
2: wrong You guys page, lie, right? lie, lie, lie. Um, here it is. Let's see. Uh, you're actually reading it for the uh,
0: the uh, story from the newspaper, there, Charles?
2: Yeah, I'm looking for the section where they talk about how big. the Oh, right here. I got it. Okay, perfect. So, um, so this is they're they're talking about. Um, it says. Uh, Sunday night, August 12th, the Tigers, uh, entrained for New York for the series with the Yankees, which everybody in New York predicted would decide the pennant race for good. They still had a four and a half game lead over the Yankees when the series got underway with a doubleheader August 14th. When the Bengals arrived in New York, they found the city in an uproar. When they went to the park for the opening game, they found themselves, they, they found thousands of fans milling outside. When the first game, I guess, I, I guess I misread it. This is actually in New York. It's cause he says, uh, Sunday night, the Tigers entrained for New York. Yep. So they were in New York when this happened. So when the first game got underway, seventy-seven thousand fans were in the park, and thirty thousand more were out, outside fighting to get in. Nice. They were char- wow. they were charging the horses of they were ch- they were charging the horses of mounted policemen, knocking down turnstiles and fighting with each other. It was the largest crowd that ever tried to get in to see a baseball game. It says the Tigers ended the battle with the Yankees' prediction ringing in their ears. And then so – um I guess I'll finish this up. they it says, uh, the Tigers entered the battle with the Yankees prediction ringing in their ears. They'll crack, said Rupert, said, uh, Rupert Confident. That was one of the owners of the Yankees. Yeah. You can depend upon that. New York received the same punishment for its cockiness that Washington had received a few weeks before. The Tigers, instead of cracking, won two of the, f- won the, the two for, first. they said this, he, this is actually his typo. The Tigers, instead of cracking, won, the first two games of the series and convinced even new york that the tigers were destined to become the american league champions for the year so that was like wow. that so there it was they they call that one the little the little world series that's how big that was was <laughs> Seventy seven thousand that was so that was in New York. Seventy seven thousand fans for this game.
0: <sighs> you said it was the big world the A little
2: they call it, yeah, they called it the mini the uh the, the um the mini world series or the 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 little world series, something like that. It was like the uh
0: just based on the sheer number of people sheer, that were how
2: there. big the games were because they were saying like this is the series that was gonna decide. Whether the Tigers going to win the pennant or not—that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So the little world—I think it was called the Little World Series. Mm. I think that's what, it, what the so, nickname yeah, was. Yeah.
1: I got that page up that you were just reading from, and the article there it says uh, the story of the Tigers' rise to the pennant, and that's what you're reading yeah. from. And it goes the whole length of the paper down there. Oh, it's some two huge. columns wide.
2: Like I almost need—we almost need a, a, a separate show just for me to re- read yeah, that, that but, summary. But I like—I
1: like—I like, uh, like that page that that you were on there because the headline that goes across the top. Oh, this is amazing! Yeah, brings it brings across. Uh, yeah, another this. well, and not, not that, but oh, the other uh, this page with Gar Wood right?
2: Oh, yeah, there, yeah, that's why that's another little gem that was in yeah, this thing.
1: Yeah, wood, what does it say?
2: Uh, it says, um, the headline, where is it at? Uh, no, is it,
1: uh, no, is it that's there? not the page you were on?
2: Oh, it's in the front of the cover, yeah, it's not. no, it oh, right. was on the
1: second page, it was on page two. Um, I just where is it? Uh, no. Huh? What, it, was I the, it was on you the next one, page. Oh, yeah, it was oh, on the next on the okay. next page. I know what you're talking about too. Should there you, be you oh, handling
0: that with white gloves?
1: There I, is, I feel right like there. you should be wearing. Yeah, I know. Nah, like... nah, you're
2: good. <laughs> I, you know, I used to. I used to handle newspapers with white gloves, but it's it's unnecessary. All right, it's, it's good as long as your hands aren't dirty. You're good. All right. But um, anyways, this. Um, uh, so so yeah. So the, the headline all I, across I got you, the yep. top. Yeah. Wood plans plea to harms with the state for return of race to river course. Yeah. So he said, so this is Gar Wood um, he
1: wants public to see events. Gar going yeah. to London.
2: Well, yeah, with this well, he, so
1: what's uh, what's going on with that? This
2: story is really the the synopsis of this concept is that there was like an old course that Gar Wood liked on the Detroit River better mm-hmm. than the course that they had run in previous races, mm. and he was like, but it was like officially sanctioned by um, like these international racing committees that if they were that any further challenges. Was to follow this particular course, Correct. and he was like, "No, I like the old one better." So it's 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 not really that big of a deal. But okay. what is kind of a big deal is a, the image I sent you about Garwood, which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah, there was another uh, you highlighted the Garwood. Yeah, I highlight
2: a little square on it, the little red square. Um, that's I thought that was particularly interesting. Which is that uh, it's it's just a little factual um, blurb, um, right? But it talks about uh, this. It says it's called Sportlight. And then it's just like little um, little facts here and there. And so, fact number twelve it says the speedboat record for motorboats was set at set at Algonac, Michigan, on September twentieth, nineteen thirty two, when Garfield R- Garfield A Wood of Detroit's sent his Miss America ten over a measured mile and back one hundred and twenty four point eight six uh, miles an hour. So, yeah, talking about the the world record for speed on water, and yeah, that was yeah. and that still held in nineteen um, you know in, obviously nineteen thirty four, but in nineteen thirty five right. as well, that was still the record.
1: So. Um, yeah, that that came from that page, and then at the top of that page, it's a big picture.
2: Oh yeah, this is it. Yeah,
1: it's a team photo, champion. Yeah. This is such
2: a great picture. I I, I don't. i never. That seen looks this. so contemporary. i would never seen this particular thing in the. You know, this this photo is iconic because this is the Tigers. Um, this is the Tigers' uh, 1934 uh, champions like team photo. Right. But you know, I've seen the photo in many cases. But I've never seen it really incorporated into the newspaper in person like this. I mean, I've seen it like doing microfilm stuff, but – but never when it's you know this is how big it is. You can see how massive. I mean, this is like I love the big Hudson's ad. In there yeah, too. this is like <laughs> I don't even know how big this is, but it's like a foot tall. The picture itself is like a foot tall yeah. by like I don't even know eighteen inches wide or. It's the whole. It's wide. the whole
1: fold. It's the yeah. entire b- above the
2: fold. Yep, and it says champions in the background. Mm. Um, it's just it's cool because they ex- the photo that you see a lot of times is this. I mean, this is the photo you see, but a lot of times ta- in in every case you see this photo. It's it's got like. A, it's like they, they took this photo it it was like there's like a wall backdrop like a big wall and they're sitting on bleachers um but this is the first one that you see where they actually have that wall removed and the backdrop is just the the newspaper you know it's like a black background
1: I mean like I said so that that, cool. that those cool. graphics that looks that does not look like 1934 Oh it looks way more contemporary than that
2: Yeah well that's what I mean their newspapers they the, the newspapers back then were were sensational yeah. They were incredibly cool um, the, the one of the things that we don't have. I love the font. Yeah, one of one of the things we don't have today, which is what they did, they had, which was so cool, was they called the Rotogravure Rotogravure supplements on mm. every Sunday. Oh, so every Sunday they would include a um a special section called the, this Rotogravure. Rode, mm-hmm. If somebody wants, if you want to, if you want to see an example, of what they are, I've got, I collected these things for my books, so I use Rotogravures extensively in my books. But if you want to just see, it, if you're listening right now and you want to see what I'm talking about. Um, just look on, look on e, uh, eBay, and it's spelled R O T. So rota So R O T A G R A V is in Victor U R E. So okay. roto roto You could say it, pronounce it roto gravure like uh-huh. that. But um, but anyways, you, if you would look that up, if you search for that term, you will see some of the coolest images you have ever seen. Especially if you're like a history person, yeah. like you love like nostalgia and stuff. The the stuff that you find on YouTube, there's because every newspaper did it back then. There, yeah. The the major newspapers all put out these rotogravure supplements on Sundays, and they are just the coolest papers. They use the, this inc- this really high grade. It was like they printed on copper plates and they um they rolled it through these machines. So like the the precision of the photos is staggering. Mm-hmm. I mean, you literally you just can't imagine how like when you see them in person, these rotogravures. I started my own collection of them. Um, I have this, I, I, I have, I, I would, I have one of the greatest, like, Rhoda Greer sport, you know, Detroit sports collections. But they, uh, I, I don't have do. the, I don't have the number one. There's a guy that right. I met along the way that had, actually has a, an incredible collection. I use his stuff, uh, for the first book. But, um, but anyways, it, uh, the Röder, It's So they had this this Sunday supplement, mm-hmm. and it talked about local stuff, it talked about national stuff, it talked about international stuff. So they had all these photos. So like you would, you know, photos from like Ireland. They'd say like this is you know County Cork in Ireland or whatever, uh-huh. and they were just beautiful, beautiful photos on every Sunday. And they did it for like um from like the early 1900s all the way through like the 40s. Wow. And then they just stopped doing it, but they were but like, so that was kind of like your little bonus on Sundays was you would get this. I mean, it was like just the just these beautiful sections mm-hmm. in the paper, and you would just you can't help but marvel now or even I'm sure then because they, they were highly collectible. You find them, they pop up in a lot of scrapbooks. Okay. when you see that stuff, so um, so yeah, newspapers back then were were they, they were the primary vehicle of conveying right. information. Radios were big, but newspapers were were it. I mean, this uh, is how you really um, got your hands on you know wall to wall information. So,
1: what else? What else in this? in these 26 pages um, yeah, have you come across that uh, um, you found interesting well
2: one of the things that I didn't find is actually really interesting is that um is that just the day before this which was let me make sure I got this date right I was like, September
1: 25 oh. I thought uh, I saw. it was
2: September well the date of the newspaper is the 25th yep um but the 23rd of 1930 September 23rd of 1934 was the lion's first game oh first game oh. So two days before this was the Detroit Lions' first game, and they, wow. they beat the New York Giants, yeah, nine nine nothing. Wow. Um. And so, where is it? Is there any mention of the Lions? It's two yeah. days after. That's why right, I was right. like, at first I thought it was the twenty fourth, and I was like, man, this is really missing, but. Um, but it, yes, but it was actually this is two days later, and of course, it's a big day for the Tigers. But sure. still, they could have found another little. There's not a I mean, box they, score. They nothing, talk about some, the a whole sports little, section. Yeah, there's that mind. like one little. They they talk about a player that got injured during the game, but that's really about for it the was, Lions. No, for the New York Giants. Oops. Oh, okay. And so, um, but there. Otherwise, it's like they couldn't have found one little glint, you know, like one little thing. But yeah. It kind of ties into what we're going to talk about with the Lions. How the Lions were really, I mean, in the Tiger's shadow. I mean, they yeah. the Lions came to the city hoping to like a, a, like associate with the tigers yeah. and man they they found the opposite initially happened. Well, they were they were in the tiger's shadow big time i mean okay. big time it's like their only way that they could even be remotely relevant was to, for them to win they had to <laughs> win big and so that's like that's like the lions found themselves in a situation where they're like we don't not only have to just win to stay relevant. Yeah. Like we have to win a championship to stay even. Like even it, even then, they barely stayed relevant. Even okay. winning a championship, so that's going to be a big topic that we talk about for the Lions. Okay, but but that's like found in this in this you know concept is that they're not even you know first game for an NFL team in the city, and it's like the next day. You know, I'm sure there was the, the previous day if we had that paper, um, they'd be talking about it. But in this one. Um they're like, Yeah, that was two days ago. But it was their lions, first game. Yeah. It was their first game. Yeah, it happened just right before this ah. paper. So that's one thing. That was like one of the first things I was really looking for yeah. was to see some see if I could find some lion stuff in here. But um Another great thing here is this photo, which is uh, Cherry Street. Right. And you can see the construction. There's a picture. This is a beautiful photo. I, I, I hadn't seen
1: this one before. Bring on the World Series. Yeah, they
2: are um, in this. It says, yep, now bring on the World Series is the header for that photo. And what it is is workmen uh, are are getting to, going to town on the uh, the temporary bleachers out in left field. Oh. Yep. They're, oh. they're, they're building the bleachers for, uh, for housing the 15,000 fans that are going to be at the World Series. So they're starting construction on it in this photo. Yep. <laughs> It's cool. You got a little kid riding a bike right yeah. down the street. He's like kind of going, oh, what's what's going on. But you see the truck that's carrying the lumber for this. Like this is almost should be like the header for the video or whatever. Like you yeah. that George Moriarty, just so people can kind of see it because um, it's just so cool. It's got the lumber truck sitting there yeah. Um with all the planks ready to go. And yep, they're about to go to town. You can see the wall for the, down for the, the, to the right of the photo. It's got the wall, the uh, left field wall that they're about to build it over.
1: Yeah. And then uh, the the headline of the story underneath it is...
2: Oh, uh, Babe Ruth? Yeah. Yep, no one seems to care as Bambino bows out. Yep, this is the Babe Ruth's last uh, season in in New York for the Yankees. Yep. And, so, and did the
1: Tigers just beat the the Tigers just beat the Yankees?
2: Uh no, in this case, the Yankees had just been beaten by the Red Sox. Oh, the Red Sox. And that's Sox. Okay. what secured the Tigers uh okay. pennant. And, but anyways, but this article is about Babe Ruth yeah. and how he's, his his fa- feelings are hurt because his old idol feels hurt as only fifteen hundred turnout for his last game.
1: Oh. So
2: it's in New York. It says the last let's read the little quick header. The last official game played by George Herman Ruth, the most famous baseball player the world has ever known as a regular member of the New York Yankees was handsomely celebrated today by a dismal scattering of some 1500 or fewer spectators. Ooh, the Yankee uh, Stadium was a yawning cavern. The Babe sat in the dugout before the game glum and depressed. His final appearance had been extensively advertised. All the papers featured it. Yep, somehow we thought it would be an outpouring of the faithful to say uh I can't even pronounce it. Off Will, Off Whiterson. Oh, oh oh you know that is Avita Zane. Avita I've never seen it written like that. Okay. To say Avita Zane if if not goodbye, in baseball's greatest figure, but there wasn't. I hadn't thought it possible for the crowds to forget quite so quickly. I know that the bay was deeply hurt. He was gnawed off at a corner of an oblong plug of tobacco, his fingers as usual, ink staining from autographing baseballs. He said in his rare and juicy vocabulary that there was no, no fun in playing before such a small crowd, but that he would start the game. Wow. So, um, yeah. So, so in contrast to what they were saying about that little World Series, yeah. where there were seventy seven thousand fans. By this point, the Yankees were eliminated, and yeah, nobody's there. Man, oh man. Yeah. Oh man. So, so how quickly like, they forget? Well, yeah. Well, the, you know, Yankees fans, you know, they they have a pretty high expectation. Yeah. You know? I mean, especially when they're winning World Series like every year back then, you know, they're like they're eliminated from the World Series this year. Like, yeah, I'm good. I'm you know, Football's kicking like, off. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> so but that's just sad though, because Babe Ruth's last game is yeah. a Yankee. I, I'd never known that either. Well, that's funny because so... we
1: were looking at the movie Play Ball, and they just showed how he would get yeah. mobbed, yeah. even in even in away games. Well, even in
2: this, it says his fingers were ink stained from signing baseballs, like just as usual. Like it was yeah. like a permanent, like a tattoo, of ink on his fingers because yeah. he's as usual signing baseballs. And you know. How
0: juicy was his uh, English, his his language, though?
2: <laughs> uh, I think it was pretty juicy. I don't think it was. I don't think it was. Uh, you know that they could really. Um, Printed it, the exact <laughs> yeah. stuff that he said. You Probably know I mean? not. <laughs> I mean, I think it's. I think it's the, the, those movies that the the babe that I've envisioned is seen in the movies where you know with like John Goodman, right, rah, right. Where uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't the most printable um, stuff. And I, I've actually read firsthand accounts of people that remembered Babe, and yeah. they were like, "Yeah, like he like." Uh you know, he was like an idol, but at the same time, like if you actually knew him like day to day, like you wouldn't think he was like really an idol. Like yeah. he was dirty, like not not <laughs> dirty, like you know, like as far as like being covered with dirt, but yeah. like but he was like as foul mouthed as you could be mm-hmm. and like you know, just that's enjoy some how descriptive
0: that that yeah. article
2: is. Uh, Just
0: the writing in itself. It's so descriptive. It's amazing.
2: Well, that's one of the things I really fell in love with with this, with all this whole project early on was like the way that they wrote was just, I mean, the writing back then was just cool. It was so cool. My favorite was the Detroit Times because they would actually have like a banter going back and forth between the, between the writers. Okay. Like they would actually like like they would make fun of each other uh. um you know they would con- they would like have send like little messages to each other kind of like making fun of each other or praising the other guy or something mm-hmm. if ify's article is very if he has an article on this which is on here too ify the adults are right on the cover yeah. um and so his article is very similar to that too with that with that style of prose where it's like flowery like you know um you know some of this uh some he, they have they have fun with their writing you know mm-hmm. and these are the kind of people that just really pound out pound out um articles like all day every day they might even write out and need a few pseudonyms just to fill comments.
1: Well, because this this at the top and when we looked at the uh, beginning it was like final edition you know yeah uh, and there were there were a couple of editions sure. throughout the day sure it wasn't just the daily paper yeah uh, it was there were a couple of editions throughout the day. Well, that's right. So you're, these you're, reporters, yeah, they were grinding. Well, the newspapers it
2: out. would say like extra, extra, you know, yeah. like they would have that extra edition because there was something breaking, breaking news, and yeah. you know, maybe maybe you read the paper in the morning and then the the kids like uh, you know extra, extra, you know, mm-hmm. uh, something happ- some something big just happened. Some, read all about it, you know. And that's crazy why, going you know, down. The, the people are like, oh, what? I got to read that. You know, they sell an extra paper that day and make extra money. So. It's totally different times. You know, it was just kind of a cool thing that, uh, you know, once you put the paper down for the day, it was all about, you know, talking with each other. That's interesting
1: though, that the headline on that one on Iffy's article there, it's like unbeatable team. Iffy places his accolades on all time all American ball club. It's like, so if he's kind of a player in the game.
2: Well, no, he, yeah, he's, well, no, he He is, puts
1: his accolades on. the
2: Well, thing. he's deciding his all-time team based on what, you know, This he's kind of an older guy at this point. He's right. been wa- been writing articles on the on baseball since the early 1900s. Yeah. And so he cobb- he puts his list together of, the, of, like, if he was to build, like, the greatest team ever, this was the team that he would, not the Tigers, but the, this, like, he gathers players from all through baseball history. But
1: they, they invoke the writer's name in the headline. Yeah. The and hippies. not just the byline. Yeah, it's it's interesting that they've in, they invoke. Oh they yeah, use the he writer, this,
2: yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, really saying, yeah that yeah. they
1: use the writer's name in the headline. That yeah, it's like you know.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, if I mean, he was like a main. You no, know, he was one of the big names in yeah. Detroit. you know, he was, I, I believe again, I think he was the editor at this time. Um, but uh, it's interesting to see actually what his all-time team is, which is at first. I can read it off. At first base, he has Hal Chase. Mm-hmm. Um, at second base, he has Charlie Gehringer. Okay. Oh. And, okay. Uh, and then shortstop Honus Wagner. Third base Jimmy Collins, right field Ty Cobb, center field Tris uh, Tris Speaker, left field Babe Ruth, catcher Mickey Cochran, pitchers Christy Mathewson, uh, Bill Donovan, who was on the who was a Detroit Tiger early mm-hmm. Detroit Tiger early on in early 1900s, and uh Rube Waddell, Walter Johnson, and Grover, Ale- Grover Alexander, and Le- he's got Lefty Grove on there too.
1: <laughs> he got um, him as a DH he's in a there. What's of, he got? <laughs> oh, he's got a stack. Those are all
2: pitchers. Uh, that's yeah, Just yeah, yeah. like one last little guy. You know, yeah, I just yeah, yeah. Out on. But it's interesting to see that he's got one, two, uh, three, four Tigers in his all-time team. Right. Bill Donovan, um, Ty Cobb, Charlie Gehringer, and uh, what was that for? Oh, and Mickey Cochran, yeah. Right. But uh yeah, but it's but it's cool. It's a great little article that he writes in there too. And the 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 cool thing is that he really goes into detail about Hal Chase, who was an early, a player from the early nineteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. And he talks about him like his he says like back in the early nineteen hundreds, first baseman used to basically just be guys that would stand on first and catch the ball. That's mm-hmm. like that's all they would do. But Hal Chase was such a great defender. That he would actually like, he actually played like almost like second base and allowed the second baseman to slide over further, which allowed the shortstop to slide over further. And then it, you know, allowed far more coverage of the infield, which is like actually what ended up becoming the standard for, around which baseball is still played. Mm. You know, but back in the early days, the second baseman was played way closer to first base. You know, the everybody was shifted far more. You know, there was way bigger holes in the infield, and so he was actually saying he was like, "That's one of the reasons why Hal Chase is my favorite first baseman ever because he, like, defensively was so good that he just completely changed." He set that tone. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. You know, but he talks about Charlie Garner how great he was. Um, of course Ty Cobb, you know, he just goes, "I don't even need to talk about Cobb; he's so great." Yeah. Um, But uh, with the surprising thing too was about the pitchers because. He he actually lists of all the pitchers he just mentioned. He talks about Rube Waddell mm-hmm. as, um, he's like, you know, these guys are all great, but Rube, in his opinion, was like, um, this, you know, was this was the best of all the guys he saw. And I'm not going to go too deep into it, but, um, Rube Waddell, if, if, maybe there's, I'm sure there's people have heard his name, but maybe, you know, maybe you haven't or somebody out there that has not. Um, uh, Rube Waddell was like this, incredibly eccentric type pitcher. Okay. Like, he was like the... At least the stereotype of him was... Yeah. Like, he would, like, be pitching in, like, a big game and he would see a puppy or something and he would go, (laughs) oh, my God, a puppy. Like, he would, like... (laughs) They, like he had this really like eccentric thing. Like teams would do weird little stuff like that to throw him off of his game. That oh. sounds
0: like somebody I know really well, and he's sitting right across the oh, way Jay. from <laughs> me.
2: Like, oh my god,
1: I'm oh super. You
2: guys got animal talk? Maybe that's the. I'm Keys. Maybe that's a you know a story for Animal Talk or guys other show. But anyways, that's the kind of stuff like. But he was. But he talked about he's like Waddell was like so good. Like like he had this this stunt that he would pull in the ninth inning where he would like walk the bases loaded. Like literally, intentionally walk the bases loaded, and then tell his infielders to go out in the outfield, <laughs> and then he would strike the next three guys out and end the game. Like he would do it just to like what team did he? He played for a couple. He played uh, early on, I believe. He, I believe he played for Cleveland super yeah. early on, but he was on the A's. He had okay. A, he actually, he go. I think he mentions the teams right here on his. All right.
1: Uh, no, that's cool. But a.
2: But I know he played for the A's. That's he funny. Played, he, but he played for a, a several different teams because he was like. Like he was a super heavy
1: drinker, he like yeah.
2: as great as he was on the field, like he was also a major handful. Like he was really difficult. <laughs> like you had
1: to do all this. um I like Moriarty going after four guys at once. Yeah. So it, there's,
2: <laughs> yeah, th- but he he was he, he was such a, a eccentric that he was very difficult. Like for, you know, by to work with. But like whatever you whenever you were able to get him yeah. out on the field, like he was just dominant. Like yeah. that was a, that was his. Uh, um, thing. I wish they could, you, you probably have it right there, but yeah, sure. I know he played for. I'm pretty sure he played for Cleveland. I know so he played. So what
1: days. else? What else have we not given enough attention to while we're talking about the the Tigers here? Well, who else? What else did we glaze over? Well, there's that one we story with, that, with,
2: with George Moriarty that yeah I really, that we didn't get to last okay. episode, and I really wanted to get to it. Right. Um, it just it shows us because we talked about his brawling. Mm-hmm. you know we talked about the movie thing we talked about all this different stuff um and i think you know we painted this picture of a guy who was you know a talented you know artist as far, especially as like you know filmmaker talented player i mean his first year in the first year in, in the major leagues um he, he let he had 12 uh, he stole home 12 times yeah. and i don't know if i don't think we covered this in the last uh, show but they there the guy actually wrote a poem about him about like it was like this it, it was uh um, this iconic poem called don't die on third Ugh. which was about how it was a, it was like it was they used George moriarty's stealing home stealing home right. as a metaphor for life like okay you know like you can just sit at third base and hope somebody else is gonna drive you in or you can like take the initiative and like
1: because he, the, was, known he was known for stealing, home. he was
2: known for stealing home. So crazy. that's that's one of the things. Who we didn't steals talk home? About. I know it's 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 rare these, these days. You see a guy do it every once in a while, but uh, Moriarty did it twelve times in one year, which is in it in his in his first you, season. So. You typically
0: see that on a squeeze play in these days, right? Yeah,
2: every once in a while you see somebody sn- you know snag a, a steal home, and it's like yeah. one of the most thrilling plays in baseball yeah. because if The great thing is the pitchers like standing there, and the guy usually <laughs> you know he's usually the guy he's the the, the the you know the guy in third sees something the pitchers. Totally ignoring him or something. And mm. then that, that third, the guy in third is just every, you know, every pitch, the guy is like, Inch closer, it a little closer, and, closer. and he's still closer. <laughs> and then he just sees this moment where the guy pitcher is just not noticing him. Right. And then the great thing is the pitcher turns to throw home. You know what I mean? Just to do something he always does, and he can't even get right. him at home. Ah, such a, this, this, love it. Stealing home is still like one of the most exciting plays in baseball. Sure, um, you know, it's, and there's usually a cloud of dust. The ball just gets there. The guy dives, and it's a great. It's a great thing. But Moriarty did it 12 times. Jeez. You know, I mean, there's it, it was a different era where stealing home was actually a. Um, you know, Cobb stole home a bunch of times too. Yeah. I mean, he was a tremendous base stealer, but, uh, you know, stealing home was like literally part of the game. You know what I yeah. mean? It was like, it was like part of the game. Like, is that guy going to steal home? You know, like pitchers really had to be, you know, it was, it was, a, it was much like a, they call it small ball. Um, you know, baseball back then was, you know, it wasn't so much base in the home run like it is now. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of that, uh, you know, stealing home and this kind of stuff. But anyways, Moriarty. Um, it was like they actually got this guy wrote like a a poem, like a story about Moriarty, and then they equated it to like life. like plenty of people get the third base, but you know, plenty of people sit there and wait for somebody else to 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 get that last hit, you know to to drive him in or you know to get them to that final leg of achievement in their life. He's like, but only the very few you know take the initiative themselves and like they take home, you know, like they actually go for home themselves, you know, like so it was like a total metaphor. So, anyways, they um. So that was that was big at the, at the yeah, time. Like, yeah. Uh, so it was a big. It was it was huge. I mean, that when they the guy that originally did it, uh, I think his name was William Cameron that originally wrote it. And you can read it if you look up um, "Don't Die on 3rd, It's on the internet. It's on okay. the internet. It's a great little story. But uh, but the idea was is that you know they, it was a metaphor. They were you know back you know using baseball as a metaphor for life. That you know don't don't die on third. You know take take home you know like that was the idea so anyways so we've talked about this with Moriarty where um you know there was Moriarty the player there was Moriarty the umpire you know there was um Moriarty the brawler the the poet the movie maker but i wanted to read a little a, a little quote it's very short yeah um, absolutely and i could just describe it but uh but it's got more power when you read it from somebody that actually was there and wrote it and there's actually two this is a, I guess you could say a Moriarty incident, but, uh, <laughs> not as, not as, not as dramatic as fighting for Chicago White Sox uh-huh. in play or, um, not as, uh, you know, not as crazy as some of his other stuff that he, his other antics. So anyway, so this is just to give you a frame, uh, sort of a frame of reference. This is, you know, game three of the 1935 World Series. Uh, George Moriarty threw out three Cubs managers. And of course, his long track record with Detroit and the Tigers and all this. Um, has made him uh, a total target for um, you know for 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 criticism of having thrown out three Cubs managers in the same game. I mean that's that's like unheard of. Yeah. And so, anyways, um, so here so so here it is. So this is at the World Series. Okay, mm-hmm. and keep in mind we this is, this involves Frank Navin,
0: mm-hmm. all right.
2: And Frank Navin, as we recall from a previous show, Frank Navin is like the ultimate. You know, they call him the poker face, right? Because he never has any emotion. He's just like, there's in fact there's a joke article that I put in the second book in Frank Naven's section, which is a they call it a magic eye, where they show six different m- moments of a game with, with Frank Naven's expressions. They're like, this is the most pivotal moment of the second inning. And Frank Naven is just sitting there same stone faced. Yeah. So it's the same stone face in every picture going you know, this is the most critical, you know, Tigers have just scored five runs, you know, the Tigers are up, they're about to win the game, you know, and they go, uh and he's, he's like, like, and then there's like, yeah, exactly, it's just Naven stone face, you uh, know, there was, it was such a joke that he was like, you know, like a bookkeeper, like yeah. that's what they nicknamed the uh, the poker face. So anyways, so that's so what's going to come as a shock to you, you know, to anybody that knows this idea, to hear the story of Frank Navin, um and keep in mind there was also the incident with George Marty earlier when he got in that fight with the Red Sox on mm. Sunday baseball <laughs> and Navin actually showed a little enthusiasm then too right um because he was standing in the dugout goal pleading for order in the middle of this Sunday baseball game so so that moment of excitement is really the only other known um you know frenzy of Frank Navin with the exception of the one that I'm about to read to you now so this is in the, in the 1935 World Series. Uh, and so this article, this comes out of um, by Fred Lieb um, in his history book on the Detroit Tigers. And so a Cub partisan seated in a box near Frank Naven yelled, "Moriarty, you're a thief." Navin arose in his own box and called back, "George Moriarty is not a thief, and don't you ever say that again." There isn't a more honest man in the world. So Fred Lieb made sure Fred Lieb's book on the Detroit Tigers is an incredible book. And of all the stories that he could write about, I mean, this is not like an encyclopedia. His book yeah. is not that long. I mean, his 1935 Tiger section is maybe I don't know, 15 or 20 pages long. Okay. And so, of all the moments that he could chronicle for that, the fact that he includes a passage about that happening mm. says volumes about you know this about Moriarty and mm. Naven and all this. But there's one more article, and it's and this is a very you know sort of verifies the incident. Which is uh, this is by um, Bob Murphy in the Detroit Times, and this happened. This is November fourteenth, nineteen thirty-five, um, and so and so then here it is. This is actually Moriarty talking. He says, "And never continued Moriarty. Can I forget what he and he's talking about? Frank Naven, uh, did did during the past World Series. I heard about it. But I heard about it from other people. Some fan in the Cub ballparks. In the so this is it happened in Wrigley Field. Some fan in the Cub ballpark stood and yelled, thief! When I, called, when, I called one of the, when I called one on the Cubs that he didn't like, meaning he called a strike or a ball that they didn't sure. like. So I learned that Mr. Navin arose from his seat and told the fan he couldn't say that about me. He told me that he had known me since I was a kid of 20, that I wasn't a thief. Mr. Navin told me later that fellow came to him and apologized. Uh, <laughs> so you see what I'm saying? So this is like verified from two different perspectives. Right. Like Fred Lieb years later is writing about this. I, mean, he, I think his book, the Tiger book, came out in the 40s. Um, and then here this is actually at that time, nineteen thirty five, of Moriarty himself talking to um, Bob Murphy. I think this is shortly after the passing of Frank Naven. That's why that article was why that was extracted, <laughs> you know, why that was mentioned in the newspaper. I love it. But uh, so yeah, he's like Frank Naven's like, don't you know like of all the million hecklers yeah. you know, at Wrigley Field uh, yeah. and the guy says, Moriarty, you're a thief and he's in you know, Navin's like Hold on a second, buddy. Wait a <laughs> you know, like second. eight million things, and of that one thing, like you say, you know, we we just, we just set the stage perfectly with Frank Naven here, where Naven is like the most stoic person. You can't rattle him. He doesn't get yeah, excited. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have any negativity or Whoa, anything netty. until you get up to the point where, until you say something about George Moriarty, you see right, what I'm saying? Like that's how that esteemed point, he was. He
1: wasn't that. a tiger player. He was the umpire in the game. He was a farmer. He's a farmer player and a former manager. Wow yeah that's what I'm saying so it, it kinda it, you know that's why I, I love that
2: concept is because yeah. or that story because it it really shows the level of respect you know that especially between naven and um and moriarty you know was so high that naven is like the ultimate poker face is going to call out a fan right yeah. say what are you don't you i mean that's just and that's and in a baseball game come on you everybody's you know talking bad about an umpire sure. going hey you can kill that guy you know you stink you know whatever you know the heckling an umpire is almost as you know part of the game yeah. from the fan perspective and the fact that naven would would like call out a fan going don't you dare say that about <laughs> the umpire how yeah. dare you, sir? He's a great. maybe a lot of things, you know, but he's not a thief. You know, like that. It's just to me that's just like what yeah. a. I mean, what a. I mean, it just it speaks absolute volumes, right. about what um about the level of respect at least between Naven um and and Moriarty. That's great. Which, uh, yeah, their time kind of you know of course dated like I say dated back to the earlier days with where he's. Where he told you know after that Red Sox fight he mm. said you know don't let don't ever let him do that to you again Jordan. he said I won't Mr. David he says no don't ever let him spit in your eye like that again. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't <laughs> so Love anyways it. yeah that's that's another story I definitely had to get in on there
1: so we will again there's no way we'll be done with the Tigers. Ever, we'll come back to him, yeah. and we'll talk more about him. We got more teams, and more champions yeah. to talk about because there were thirty three different championships yeah, this in nineteen thirty five. it is. Like I'm excited said, about yeah, it. I'm, too. I'm, I'm in a groove, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm in, yeah, for sure. I'm digging it, and people are digging it too. Nico, Carolyn, Tim, Tim, Welcome. and uh, Gareth, uh, they were all checking Giggs. in today and yeah, saying, Gareth, Hey, yeah, so, that's my boy Giggs, yeah. so thanks he's, for he's uh, in England.
2: So he's oh. we got a we got a viewer in England. If this right, says right. Gareth is on there, Oh, yeah. That's gigs. Yep. So, so. Hey,
1: gigs. Thanks for uh, yeah. being with us. Uh, everybody, thanks for uh, tuning in to Detroit City of Champions, the podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe wherever finer podcasts are sold, which is kind of a misnomer because it's absolutely free to yeah, subscribe.
2: Yeah, sure. At least right now it is. One yeah. of these days, we're going to get big time. <laughs> Put it behind a paywall. It's going to be big time. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it. like subscription only. But we might do something where if you're an original viewer, original listener, that's it. Like, you know, there's going to be deals. Sure. We'll, we'll, we'll cut you a deal. Oh, yeah. You we'll get like 10% off when we start <laughs> yeah. charging. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, like some say like be a viewer now. If, if it will may, it will pay off in the long run. Like Listen, the website guaranteed. is uh DetroitCityofChampions.com. Easy enough. Yeah, it's easy as you get.
1: And uh so yeah, follow us on uh Facebook and the videos are on YouTube. And yep. as I had a bunch of Moriarty pictures up, too, oh, while cool. we were doing cool, that. cool, And so, you got some of the newspaper yep, stuff in there. had it. all the newspaper awesome. stuff while we were rolling. So you can check that out. Uh, if you're listening to the audio podcast, it's kind of worth a stroll over to check out the YouTube videos because we had some photos into those as well. So thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, leave a comment. Appreciate it. Charles, appreciate you yep, and Jamie, the partnership. Matt.
2: Matt's, Matt's back Holy there's. crap. Yeah, i yeah, he's, he's back here. Matt's, Matt's the main, the brains of the entire. Oh no. Operation God, no, here. man!
1: I, I
0: didn't spend eight years of seven, eight years of my life putting all this together. You are the brains. Oh, I'm just, just back here pushing buttons well, and you're enjoying. The, yeah,
2: the but Liner, but you're so. the man back there behind the scenes, man. Like, D- don't like, don't let Jamie in fool in here. you. No, you guys are both. You guys both. <laughs> I, I I really love you guys. Like, this is a, it's a great thing, and we appreciate you um, for sure. It's just yeah. cool because I kind of just stroll in and you guys are tweaking all the stuff. Okay, we're ready. Let's get it going. Showtime! Yeah, so I just kind of come in. I got my newspaper. That's like <laughs> hey, I got this newspaper, guys. Let's <laughs> talk about this day. you know. Yeah. It. But it's fun, it's cool. I like it. Appreciate right, your we're choice. gonna do
1: it all again next week. Yeah. Detroit City of Champions, the podcast.